Praise the Lord. I said, Praise the Lord. All right, are you ready for God's word this morning? Today, the title of my message is God's Financial System. Say together with me, say God's Financial System. Come on, say it with strength. Say God's Financial System. All right, so this morning, I'm, going, I'm praying for you that as you're listening, the Holy Spirit will enlighten you and grant unto you revelation. The way only he can do it in the name of Jesus. Listen to me very carefully. If you have been struggling financially, I believe that in this series, the spirit of poverty will be broken off you in the name of Jesus. And you will come to a new place where the only factor that will limit you in your life will not be whether you have money to do it or not. It will only be the will of God. Can you say amen? You know, on Friday when we were praying, I was, I was saying that that, I said that two types of limitation. It's limitation of resources and limitation of God's will. I said, which one do you prefer? God tells you, go and do this thing. No resources. The, the, the one is that you have the resources. God said, don't do that one. That one is better. Praise the Lord. And listen, listen very carefully. Why am I talking about, you know, or why the Spirit of God launches in the month of January to be talking about money? It's because of something. Because any time there is favor at work in people's life, not the first one of the first signs of favor is prosperity. Are you hear what I'm telling you? Do you remember the children of Israel when they suffered in Egypt for many, many years? The day Moses came and said, let my people go. The Bible says that night, the people of Egypt began to give to the children of Israel. Basically, they gave of their gold, of their silvers, of their resources. The people who were slaves... The day they left Egypt, they left as rich people. Glory to God. That's how they got all the gold to build calves and do all manners of nonsense. Because when people get money and they don't have, and they're not focused on the Lord, they do stupid things. Praise the Lord. Prosperity for the believer is not an achievement. It is a responsibility. Can you say amen? Now, Jesus taught more on managing resources than he did about prayer. Can I, I don't need my mic to be seasoned. We don't want our grandchildren to be hearing this message and then it's doing too, too, too inside. Praise the Lord. Very important. All right. <laughs> Jesus taught more of managing resources than did about prayer and faith, which tells us that the topic of money is very important. Can you say amen? amen. The topic of money is very important in our lives. You know, some, some people um, have challenge with the subject of money in the church. But when you learn how to view money the way God views money, then you will begin to like Christianity. I'm telling you the truth. Because money is basic Christianity. Money is the ABC of Christianity. Can you shout amen? amen. Money is such an important topic. In the Bible, and more than half, nearly half of Jesus' parable was about money and managing resources. Can you shout amen? Now, out of the 16 parables of the 38 parables of Jesus, 16 of them was about money and managing resources. Hallelujah. It was about money and handling possessions. Jesus talked about greed. He says life does not consist in the possession. Jesus talked about the lost coin. I mean, so many of his parables talked about the king that gave his, uh, his servants money to go and manage them. Talked about money a lot. Why? Let me tell you some more again. Write this one down. In every seven verses of the Bible, one of them deal on the topic of money or managing possession. In fact, 15% of everything Jesus ever talked about throughout his life was on the subject of money and possessions more than his teachings of hell and heaven combined. Can you say amen? I said, can you say amen? amen. Now, the, the problem is that in the body of Christ, many people are uninformed on the subject of finances. And that's why people fall for so many manipulations in their Christian life all the time. For, for, for example, 
one evangelist on TV is telling you, oh, send $1,000 and you'll get 1,000 miracles. And then they send money in the truckloads, in the truckloads, expecting that God is going to do the blessing because they have given some money. Brothers and sisters, tell your neighbor, you cannot buy the favor of God. Tell them again, you cannot buy the favor of God. You can't buy God's favor with money. It's not going to work. The kingdom of God does not work that way. Praise the Lord. Now, finances is very important in the Christian life. And you'll be, you'll be amazed that when you begin to let God to enter into your finances, you'll begin to experience peace, shalom peace and healing in every area of your life. Can you say amen? And listen, let me tell you something very important. How you view money affects a lot more than just your bank balance. How you view money matters to God a lot. And that's what we're talking about this, this, um, in this series. And my goal in this teaching for the next few, few weeks, you know, is to help you discover that you can turn your finances over to God. Can you shout amen? amen. And allow God to step into the prosperity in every area of your life. Can you shout amen? Now, listen, in this series, we are going to talk about the spiritual side of prosperity and the physical side of prosperity. The two must work together. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Uh -huh. So giving is often um, presented as something that you do to make God, you know, to bless you or to make God to favor you. It doesn't work that way. So how does giving fit into the true gospel message of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Jesus now sits together with me. Sit together with me. Say, God blesses me. Because Jesus has made me righteous. Say it again. Say, God blesses me. Because Jesus has made me righteous. Not because of my performance. Okay. To your hand. Right hand now. Close your eyes. So I can, I want to mark what you're saying. Say this together with me now. Say, God blesses me. Because Christ makes me righteous. Not because of my performance. So God blesses you not because you performed well. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? God blesses you because he has made you righteous in Christ. The Bible says that they that are righteous are blessed. Hallelujah. And righteousness is a gift of God. Righteousness is a gift of God. Can you say amen? amen. Now say it together with me. Say God is my source. Is my source. Say it again. Say God is my source. Now, the very, write this down. The very first thing you need to understand about finances is that we are stewards of what God has given to us. Say, I'm a steward of God's money. Now, Jesus taught on stewardship in one of his parables about the shrewd manager. Now, who is a steward? A steward or a manager is somebody who manages somebody else's property. That's who a steward is. Or somebody's other affairs. That's who a steward is. So as Christians, as God's children, we are stewards of the resources that God gives to us. And it's important that we recognize that the money we have, the money in your bank account, the money in your house right now is not your money. It is God's money. Say all the money I have is God's money. None of it is my own. Hey, some of you, the way you are seeing this money, eh? let's say it again. Say, all the money I have belongs to God. Say, none of it is my own. Say, I'm only a manager of God's money. Now, depending on your ability, God gives us more resources based on our ability. Some can only manage one, some can only manage two, some can manage five. So we manage different levels of prosperity. But we've got to recognize that every morning that we've got in our hands, whether you, you know, someone said, do you know the hard work I put in? All my sweat and blood. With all your sweat and blood, it is still God's money. Do you know why, do you know why I know it is God's money? You are saying all your sweat and blood, right? Now let me ask you one question. If you are not breathing in this life, how are you going to make the money? If you didn't have life in you, how are you going to get the money? Who is the source of your health? Who is the source of your strength? Who is the source of your wisdom? Are you following this now? Very important. Very important. So, when you think that money comes by your sweats 
and by your by your tears, then you you keep a much tighter hold on money, <laughs> and then you become attached to your money. That's what happens, and then money now becomes your master, and money is never supposed to be your master. Money is supposed to be your slave. But when you don't view money correctly, money will become your master. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You know some people, if they don't have money now in their bank account or in their life, you already know they don't have money. Am I correct? Am I talking this morning? You already know. You know why? Because money is their master. So the lack of money destroys their lives. The lack of money paralyzes them. Why? Because to them, God is truly not their source. They may say it. They may sing it. They may prophesy it. But in their finances, it doesn't show. Glory to God. I said glory to God. You've got to recognize that you are a steward of God's money. And recognize that money is God's blessing to you. Even though you walk 9 to 5, 8 to 10, whatever time you walk. Whether you work for your paycheck, it is still God that is blessing you with that money. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. When you see money this way, it will change the role that money plays in your life. And that's what we're talking about this story because it is so important for God's children. Can you say amen? When you view money this way, money begins to, you know, money no longer has master over you. Money now becomes your slave. Money now becomes a tool in your life. You know, um, woman of God said, love people and use money. He says, don't use people and love money. Come and put the use people and they love money. He says, no, love people and use money. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Praise God forevermore. You know, so people with an ownership mentality end up trying to do everything by themselves. But stewards freely receive the blessings of God. Now let's turn to the Bible. Genesis chapter 12. Let's look at some stewards in the Bible. And people who recognize God as their source. Look at this one now. It says, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. Uh -huh. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Can you shout amen? Read verse 3 on the screen. One to go. Uh huh. Uh huh. Praise the Lord. Now let's go to Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 13 to 14. Now look at this one now. For when God made a promise to Abraham, that's promise that we just read now, because he could swear by no one greater. He swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. So, Abraham became wealthy because of the blessing of God that was at work in his life. Even when he made mistakes in his life, he was still wealthy. Because it was the blessing of God that was working in his life. He wasn't wealthy because of his business sense. He wasn't wealthy because of his business integrity. No. The Bible even lets us know that he went out with Lot who gave him a lot of trouble. Remember Lot? Lot gave Abraham a lot of trouble. You know, one time, you know, remember, God never spoke to, to Lot. God only spoke to Abraham, right? So when Abraham and Lot was a wise guy, he followed the man that God, that God is talking to. Anytime you follow a man God is talking to you, you also prosper. I'm telling you. So, you know what happened? So, Lot followed Abraham. Guess what? Abraham went out broke. Abraham and Lot now became a rich guy. To the point that Lot's servants were fighting Abraham's servants. Why? Land mass. Your animals are taking over my land. Hey, this one's no. Let's divide it. Then Abraham came out and said, hey, brothers, what is the matter? Then, um, Lot said, brother, see you. Our animals have become, our money now is too much. Two of us, this town is too small for two of us. We can't stay any. So Abraham said, look at, I, I want you to understand Abraham. Abraham now asked Lot, do you want to go to the green land or the desert land? 
Hey. Now, imagine someone came to you now and asked you, <laughs> do you want to go to Kazakhstan or Canada? Which one will you pick? Some of you don't even know Kazakhstan. The country I just called now. <laughs> so, Lord looked. Bible said, Lord looked. He saw the well-watered area very green. Ah, Lord said, ah, brother, I know God called you, but me, I think I will go to that green land. Look at this man. Abraham didn't say, no, no, no. You are very greedy, very selfish. You are thinking about yourself. Abraham didn't bother. Abraham said, you can go. Why? Why was Abraham like that? Because Abraham knew that God is his source. Abraham knew that it was the blessing that was at work in his life. That anywhere he stepped into, blessing will be produced in that place. Can you shout amen, somebody? Somebody said, the reason why I don't have money is because I'm a Yola. You must be kidding. Go to Canada. There are people that are sleeping outside every day. The first time I went to the U.S., I was walking on the street. I saw Nigerians sleeping on the road. They don't have sleeping on the road. You even have house, you are complaining. It's not by the location. It's by the blessing of God. Hallelujah. You see, see, listen. Even when you japa, eh, ensure that you left with the blessing of God. Because if you go there without blessing, you will be frustrated. Shall remain somebody. Now, Abraham said, you can go to the well-watered land. Lot went there. You know, that land was the land that also gave Lot another level of trouble. It was the land called Sodom and Gomorrah. That land, he all ran out because he was looking with his moving by his senses. He was moving by his senses. He was not going to where God is asking him to go. You know, how many of you have heard this before? That the love of money, I know somebody said, money is the root of all evil. How many of you have heard it before? It's not true. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Are you following? But listen, you know, the lack of money is another level of evil. I know you like to say, yeah, the, the lack of money is on that level of evil. But let me tell you something. Every, every, in any human evil, money is involved. In every human evil, money is involved. Have you ever realized, do you know that in, the, in Islam, they don't do evangelism? So how come our Christian ladies are converting to them? You know why? Money. 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 Money is up. <laughs> I like that one on the screen. <laughs> glory to God. I said glory to God. So Abraham knew that it was the blessing of God at work in his life. And the blessing of God in his life was independent of his performance. God was not blessing him based on what he deserved. God was blessing him because he already sold, he already prophesied to him and made him a promise and an oath that in blessing I will bless you, in multiplying I will multiply you. Can you shout amen somebody? Can I prophesy to you this morning that you are mightily blessed of God in the name of Jesus. Whatever you do shall be multiplied in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. Abraham knew that his effort was not the source of the prosperity in his life. He knew that it was the blessing of God at work in his life, the favor of God at work in his life that produced prosperity. Can you shout amen? Genesis 13 from verse 8 to 11. Let's look at something else again about this amen, Abraham. Genesis chapter 13 from verse 8 to 11. So Abraham said to Lord, Please let there be no strife between you and me, and between my headsmen and your headsmen, for we are brothers, that's brethren. If not the whole land before you, he said, sorry, he said, it's not the whole land before you. Please separate from me. If you take the left, I would, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. So Abraham was telling him, pick anywhere you like. Everybody read verse 10, want to go. Lift it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, what that where? Everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed where? Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, when Lord saw Jordan, he said, man, this place is like the garden of the Lord. Glory to God. Next. He says, like the land of Egypt, as you go to observe. He says, the Lord chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. And Lord journeyed east 
and they separated from each other. That was the day they separated. Glory to God. Now, I like verse 14. Look at what now God now said to Abraham. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lord has separated from him. You know, sometimes, some of you, eh, the reason why God has not given you some level of information is the people you are surrounded with. Once you cut off, the Bible says the moment Lord moved, God appeared. Now God said to Abraham, he says, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Now, God said, lift your eyes and look. Look northwards, eastward, southwards, and westward. Uh-huh, continue. For all the land which you see, I give you. And for your descendants, for how long? Forever. I will make your descendant as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, my then your descendant also could be numbered. That's why all these censors, they can never number the number of human beings. It says, Arise, walk in the land through its length and through its width, for I give it to you. Hold on. If I tell you to look northward, southward, eastward, and westward, how far can you see? How far, how far can you see? You can, if you use your physical eyes, you can only see the areas, maybe buildings, right? How come? Because from what we understand from this scripture, Abraham saw the whole world. Even the land that Lot went to, he was part of the land he saw. So, what eyes did he use? He used the eyes of his spirit. Abraham saw the whole world and God gave, it, gave to him the whole world. Remember, Adam was not given the whole world. Adam was only given the Garden of Eden. But Abraham was the one that God gave the whole world. And that's why today we are the seed of Abraham. Can you shout amen somebody? Yes, we are the seed of Abraham. And oh my, my goodness, Abraham started with God very poor. The day Abraham left his father's house, he left with nothing. He didn't have money. He was very broke. He left as a poor man. But this was the same man walking with the Lord, following the Lord. He had more than 380 servants, men alone. He was feeding them every day. Do you know what it means to feed 400 people per day? 400 men per day. It's no joke. But this is how God raised this man called Abraham. Hallelujah, somebody. I said, Hallelujah, somebody. So, so keep in mind. That the only source of food for the earth was the land where they are going for Abraham. Abraham didn't consider the, the plain waters of Jordan. He didn't consider how green the land was. What he only considered was the blessings of God. He considered the, he had confidence in God as his source. And Abraham in essence was saying, it doesn't matter where I go, God is going to bless me anywhere I go. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Now, in the natural, listen very carefully. In the natural, it is impossible for a man to graze a flock without a, a, a well-watered area. Because imagine you break cows and there's no grass for them to eat. What will happen to your herds? They're going to die. But brothers and sisters, tell your neighbor, nothing is impossible with God. Tell them again, nothing is impossible with God. The blessing of God at work in Abraham's life made him rich. And God prospered him even much more than Lot. Hallelujah, somebody. Now look at, let me show you this man Abraham again. Genesis 14 from verse 22. I'll show you another. See, you've, you've got to understand the way this man Abraham saw money and saw resources. Genesis 14. But Abraham said, now, let me tell you what happened. So Abraham, now let me tell you what, what happened here. Lot got into trouble. Are you following? When he got into trouble, Something happened to Lot. So information got to Abraham that Lot is in trouble. So Abraham took his servants to go and fight a war. So that he can rescue his nephew out of trouble. Now, Abraham won the battle. And you know, normally when you win the battle, everything in that battle belongs to you. Anything you see there is yours. But look at what happened here. And Abraham said to the king of Sodom. So the king of Sodom approached Abraham and said, Ah, brother, man, you did a good job. Let me give you some money. Let me give you some money. The money he wants to give Abraham is fat check. Let me tell you why I know. Look at this verse. Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I would take nothing from a thread 
to a sandal strap and that I will not take anything that is yours lest you should say read the last, the last sentence hey, hey come on here Abraham saw what the man was about to give to him he said if I collect this thing from this man tomorrow he will go and say that I made you so that means what he will give to Abraham will actually make him rich but Abraham rejected his, his offer he says tomorrow you will say you made me rich. Abraham did not want any man to have that glory and say, I made that guy rich. Abraham only wanted God to have that glory and say, God made me rich. Hallelujah, somebody. Next verse. Look at this one. Is that, is that all? 24. He said, except only what the young men have eaten and the portion of the men who went with me. He says, any escort, men, let them have their portion. So he gives them of his servants. He says, you guys take whatever you want. Hallelujah, somebody. I said, hallelujah, somebody. Abraham refused to take money from the king. Why? He didn't want anyone to have a reason to claim that it made him rich. Mm -mm. Abraham knew that he was rich only by the blessing of the Lord. Can you say amen somebody? Say my confidence is in God as the source of my wealth. Say it again. Say my confidence is in God as the source of my wealth. The man wanted to give Abraham millions of dollars. He rejected it. He says, mm-mm. God will be the source of my prosperity. Now look at Genesis chapter 15 verse 1. We're looking at this man again, Abraham. Look at something here that God told him. Genesis 15 verse 1. Genesis 15 verse 1. After these things, the word, you know, listen, as a child of God, the word of the Lord must always come to you. You must always hear from God. Hmm? After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham where? In a vision. Saying, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Can you shout him in somebody? So Abraham declared boldly that God was his source. And he gave away a fortune rather than give the king any basis that he made Abraham rich. Because after he rejected the man's offering, eh? God visited him the next day. Just that, just that night when he was sleeping, God appeared to him and said, today I'll make you rich. Hallelujah. So now write this down. The first step towards walking in financial prosperity is to recognize that you are the source of your financial blessings. A farmer has to prepare the soil. A farmer has to plant the seed in the ground, right? In order to get the crop. But it was God that created the natural laws that govern sowing and reaping. Praise God. God is the one that sets the rain. God is the one that put the sun. And God is the one that makes the plants to grow. No, tell me, when you planted purpose in the ground, what exactly did you do to make the roots to start popping out, the, the vine to start popping out, and the fruit to start to produce? Tell me what you did. Your job was just to sow the seed in the ground and make sure the ground was well watered and take care of the soil. Then the power of God acted. The natural laws that God had put in place acted on the seed. The Bible says that until a seed dies, it will not come alive. That means every seed must die. So who gave the seed life? God gave the farmers even the land that they are planting on. How many of you created land? You created land before. God is the one that gave the farmers the land they used to, they, they used to produce the crops that they produce. Glory to God. See that? So it is the blessing of God that makes it possible for you to prosper. And the foundation of prosperity is seeing yourself as a steward of God's money. You know, some of you now, if God give you a millionaire, can God trust you with a millionaire? If God give you a hundred million, can God trust you with a hundred million? Hallelujah. If God give you a billion, can you trust God with a billion? You know, you know, there is there are certain levels of prosperity you begin to walk into. Eh? If you are not spiritually prepared, even the even Satan will start to fight you. You know why? Because when you have some level of prosperity,
Psalm 50 verse 7. Let me show you something else again. Psalm 50 verse 7. It says, Hear all my people and I will speak. O, o Israel and I will not take anything from you. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the bears on the mountains, and the wild beasts of all the fields are mine. Look at God talking here. He said, if I were hungry, I will not tell you. For the world is mine, and all is fullness. Next. He says, I will eat the flesh of bulls, or drink... No. He says, will I eat the flesh of bulls, or drink the, the blood of goats? He says, hey, offer to God what? And what? And pay your vows. Some of you, you made vows. Say, God, if you give me this job, I will give you my first salary. Now, God give you the job. Brother, where is the salary? Say, God, the problem is now getting too much. <laughs> you made vows. Say, God, if you give me a wife this year, I will do something for you in the house of God. God has given the wife now. Where's where's the wife? God says, pay your vows. Somebody pay your vows. Let me tell you what a vow is. Hmm? A vow is you putting God at stake. You are saying, God, until you do this for me, then I will do this. It's different from seed. Where you sow seed and expect God to act on the seed. For a vow, God must move first before you move. So vow, when you, see, when you make vows to God, God likes it because God will move. You see that? God will go into action to cause things to happen. Let's say now, you want a contract of one billion. Hmm? I say, God, if you give me this contract, eh, the house of the Lord will get 100 million out of this money. God said, eh? All right. Then you see the work, the power of the Holy Spirit will begin to work to your advantage. Because listen, as you are bidding for the contract, there are, there are 50 others that are bidding for it. So, and sometimes they may even be more qualified than you. So, what will make the difference between you and them is called favor. So, God will just take your fight to the top. Then the guy who is looking at you will just like your fire. For no reason. He said, I just like this guy. I met him. I just like him. I just like him. I, I just like him. And then God gave you the one billion, one billion era contract. There was a guy before. All he was seeing was 10 million. Now he has one billion now. <laughs> so after the money entered the account, banger! He saw a lot in nine, nine to ten figures. Oh yeah now, do your vow. They don't do it. They are men like that. And don't think that because you have not paid the vow for five years, it has not expired. It has not expired. It's still on record in the realm of the Spirit. So if you have made vows to the Lord before, go and fulfill your vows. Can you say amen? So God was telling them, because in the Old Testament, they were sacrificing animals, bulls and goats. God said, so you think that I need those things? God said, if I need cow, I don't need to tell you. I will just go to the mountain and take one for myself. I'm not, you just enter your head. You just that 50 have missed. You can't explain where, who took it, where, where it went to. You will search everywhere, you'll not find it. God said, all the booze that you took out, they belong to me. Say, so don't think I need all those things. What I need is your thanksgiving. But you see, your thanksgiving to God must be with substance. The Bible says, honor God with your substance. When you do like this, when you do like this, that's respect. I seen that. But if you are going to honor God, you must honor him with your substance. Not with Father, I honor you. That's not substance. You see that? That's not substance. You cannot thank God only with your mouth. You thank God with your mouth and with your substance. Just offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the most high. Next verse. Is that all? He says, he says, okay, no. Look at Haggai 2, verse 8. He says, read on the screen, one to go. Everybody read one to go. We'll read. Uh-huh. Also add, the, the naira is woe. The dollars is... Uh -huh. Everything belongs to God. All the money in the bank account, they belong to God. All of it belongs to God. He says, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. What am I trying to explain to you this morning? 
Don't miss the point in all this. What I'm trying to explain is that God does not need the sacrifices, you know, in the Old Testament when he, when he introduced the sacrificial system in Leviticus. God didn't need all those things. He was just trying to tell them that they need to thank him. That's what God needs from them. Are you following this morning? So why does God ask us to give 10% for instance? Why? Is it because God needs your money? No. God does not need your money. God does not need your donations. No, let me ask you a question. How much money do you think that God, do you think that God needs your money? Who thinks that God needs his money? God doesn't need any of our money. He doesn't need my money. He doesn't need anybody's money in the world. God has all the resources he needs. So why then would the Lord ask us to give? Let me explain the purpose of giving. Are you ready to get revelation now? Are you ready to get revelation now? Now, let me explain this now. Confidence come. If you catch this, it will help you for, for forever. This is the mindset many of you have. You give to God, right? So that God can bless you. Are you following? So you say, I'm giving to God. So, oh God, you know I've given to you, so you must bless me. Mm-mm. God does not bless you because you give. I am telling you, the blessing of God comes to you not because of how much you have given. The blessing of God comes to you only by faith. Hello? So what is the purpose of giving then? Because giving is connected to your faith. That's the purpose. Jesus said something very profound. Jesus said that if you cannot trust God with money, how can you trust him with true riches? If you cannot trust God with your 100,000 naira, they are saying, oh God, I'm believing you for a job. You, you must be kidding. You must be kidding. Because all that God is asking you is to give a portion of what you have to show that, to prove to yourself that God is your source. How many of you know that God is your source? Okay, so how do you prove it to yourself that God is your source? It proves by your giving. Are you seeing that? So if God is truly my source, a portion of my resources, whether my income from business, from give, whatever it is, I give a portion to God as proof to me, not to God, to me that God is my source. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So I, I can be here singing, um, there, there's this song, um, something, I surrender all to you. Not I surrender all to you, the other one. I give, I give, no, not I give myself away. It's surrender to. No, not that one. No, not that one. No, I surrender all. That's <laughs> not that one. It's another one. It's surrender to. It's the song surrender. Who knows the song? Okay, thank you. Thank you. I surrender. I surrender. Look at it now. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Yeah. The brother is singing, withholding nothing. But his money is withhold. Withholding nothing. See, many, many people lie when they are singing. I surrender. The guy will be crying. Oh God, to you. Everything. Everything I give. He's holding his money. He has locked it up in his pocket. Withholding nothing. You, you are kidding. God is not your source. Are you seeing that? So the, the reason why I give and I continually give is to continually prove to me that God is my source. The only way you can show that God is your source is by your giving. And listen, listen, giving is the ABC of Christianity. There is no matured Christian, stable Christian that does not give. Any Christian that is not giving consistently is an immature Christian. Their spiritual life too also is inconsistent. Inconsistent. To, to some Christians say, oh no, me I used to give oh, but when I feel like, when I feel like, when I feel like. <laughs> Imagine God is blessing you when he feels like. Or God say, no worry, this is my, this is my oxygen. I will give you when I feel like giving you. <laughs> you wake up this morning, no oxygen. <laughs> Thank God God is not a man. I'm telling you. You know, there's that one that say, if God, if God no be man, no. You say, if no Thank God, God no be man, no. Or say for it. If for red. If for red. Because some of you now, God begins to inspect you. When last did you give? Some of you can't even remember. When last did you give tight? But a lot entered your account this month. Last month. And I say, God bless me. God bless me. 
what type of faith? Your faith cannot produce results. It's a waste because, because financing is connected to your faith. It is the ABC of Christianity. If you cannot trust God with money, forget trusting God for anything. Forget it. If you cannot trust God with the money you can see in your, your two eyes, how can you trust God for what you cannot see? If you cannot carry 5 kg, can you carry 100 kg? Talk to me now. If you cannot run 10 miles, can you run a marathon? So you start from the ground and build your way up. So the starting ground to build in your faith is trusting God with your money. Do you understand it now? So if you have done the ABC, it will not be a struggle anymore. Where you can trust God with your money, you can trust God with anything. You can trust God with your life. You can trust God for your peace. You can, how can you trust God for your eternal salvation where you cannot trust him with mammon that you can see with your two eyes? Jesus said, if you cannot trust God with your money, forget trusting God for anything. Forget it. Forget it. And it's Jesus that told us this thing. That's why God knows. See, open that scripture now for me. I, I think it's Luke, right? Or, yeah. Open it for me. Luke chapter 16. But I think verse 13. Let me see. I'll stop here today. We'll continue from this place next week. Luke 16 verse 13. Everybody read on the screen. Want to go? Sit down. Thank you. Uh-huh. I said verse 13 now. Verse 13. We'll do, we'll do this one next week. Read on the screen, one to go. Uh-huh. I love the other. Uh-huh. And despise the other. Hold on. If I ask you now, no, nobody can serve two masters. Which two masters will you tell me? You say God and the devil. Right? Some people are serving devil, some people are serving God. Jesus did not think so. Jesus did not even think that the devil has any capacity of serving. Do you know who is in competition with God in your life? Mammon. Mammon there means money. Everybody say money. God and money. It is either God has your heart or money has your heart. Not the devil. So the only way that money can have... No. The only way that God can have your heart is to submit your money to God. Are you seeing that? Uh -huh. But if you don't submit your money to God, then money has you. The money has power over you. Are you seeing that? So this is the reason why. Now, what are the ways of giving? Number one, offering. Write it down. Offering. Offering. You know, when it's time for offering, some people take it for granted. The Bible says, do not come to the house of the Lord empty. Why? Because you are worshipping God, not a man. So when you come to the house of God, you come with your offering. What's your offering? Your offering is not a collection. Your offering is a testament, is a testimony of the goodness of God in your life, of the favor of God in your life. Is you thanking God and thanking him for what he has done, his favor, his love, his grace at work in you. That is what your offering is for. And listen, when we're honoring God, we honor God with our substance. Are you following? Number one, I say what? Offering. Number two, tight. What is tight? Can I have... Can I have um, 10 people come out, volunteers. 10 people come out. 10 people, 10 people, quickly, quickly. Just 10. Just keep coming out here, 10. <coughs> Those of you there, can you come? Come. How many do I have here now? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 3 more volunteers. 8, 3 more volunteers. Come, two of you. Two of you that are wearing uniform. They're looking nice. Just stay close to each other. Uh-huh. Okay, now, please, we are doing movie now, analogy. So imagine I have, how, how many animals are here? <laughs> oh, my God. Talk to me now. Nine? Joseph, join. <laughs> I knew we were going to laugh. So how many animals do we have here now? Ten, right? All right, so now, let's say I, I got one good, one male good, and one female good. Are you following? I'm teaching you something now. Because one make one female good. Now they give birth to 10 kids. Are you following? So this is first kid, second kid, third kid, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. This tenth belongs to God. Do you understand? So if I touch this one, 
I've touched this property. Talk to me now. Some of you, you have eaten the thing that belonged to God. You ate it. You ate it. You chop God's money. Eh? The money that belongs to God, you have to go and eat it. So this is what tight is. So tight is that of all that God has given to me, I give a tenth. The tenth is what is called tight. And your tight does not belong to the poor. I will talk about that one too. Your tight does not say, I give my tight to the poor. Mm-mm. You don't give tight to the poor. Tight is for God. Are you hear what I'm saying? Tight is for God. So stand there by. Stand here. So number two way of giving is stand back. Number 10. Stay there. So you know, actually stand here. Because you are tense now. So now, this guy is the tent. So you cannot pay tight in advance. Are you following? You give tight of what God has given to you. Let's say now you got a job. You pay your salary 50K. You give your 5%. Um, 5,000. Your salary is 5 million. You give what? 10. Right? 500,000. Some of you, you are worried about the amount. Don't be worried about the amount. Be worried about the percentage. That's why God says it's a tent. It's a tent. So you arrange the money and count the tent. Every tent belongs to God. Every tent belongs, every tent belongs to God. So you finish the counting. Do you understand? That's what the tithe is. Now, the third way of giving is first fruit. Everybody say first fruit. What is first fruit? First fruit is that anytime God gives me the first of anything, whether it's my first job, my first car, my first whatever, my first contract, or whatever it is, right? That God gives to you first. You want to honor God that he is the first in your life. And you give what is called first fruit. Now, when it comes to first fruit, there has been a misconception. Somebody say, give all your one month salary. It's not, the Bible did not say so. I wish that time I'll, I'll show you. The Bible says you should give some. So if you decide to give all, that's up to you. You can decide to give um, first fruit on every hour of the day. Every 24 hours, I give God one hour. Or every first day of the week, of seven days, the first day is first fruit. So you can decide, as it's just between you and the Lord, how you want to do it. So you can give a first fruit of one week, of one year, of one month, of one day, of one hour, of one minute. Are you following? Now, what is first fruit? First fruit is that the first belongs to God. Everybody say the first belongs to God. Now, this is the first kid. So, and it's, it's always just the first time. So let's say my animal produced the first time I give God my first fruit. When it produced the second time, it's now second. It's no longer first again. So no need for this next anymore. But this one will continue. To prove that God is your source. Are you following? That's what, number what? Number what? The first one I give you is what? Number two? Number three? Thank you, go back. Now number four is called Thanksgiving. Everybody say Thanksgiving. Now, you know, like every month we do that, right? And sometimes we do it at the end of the year. Which is, so at the end of the year, Thanksgiving is a special time to give thanks to the God for whatever achieved throughout the year. So you take a portion of whatever it is, many substance, and you offer it to God as a thanksgiving. Because you are thank, Father, thank you for all that you have given me throughout the year. Thank you for all your blessings. You are thanking God. That's what is called Thanksgiving. We do that every month, every last one of the month we do that year. And at the end of the year or mid-year, we do that. Are you seeing that? That's the word, the fourth way, right, of giving. To God. Are you following? <coughs> Number five. Everybody say, arms giving. This is what I'm coming to now. Arms giving is where you give to the poor. The Bible says that he that giveth to the poor, giveth to, lendeth to the Lord. I like the, the way the verse put it. You know why? You know, I told somebody, I said, do you know you can borrow God money? Somebody say, how? I said, give to the poor. Because when you give to the poor, God says that you are lending money to him. You know why? Because the poor is always praying to God and asking God to bless them. And then you now became an answered prayer to the prayer of the poor. Let me take on the God will pay you back with interest. Can you say amen? amen? So you take a portion of whatever you have and you give to the poor. Some of you have poor people in your streets, you know them. And God has empowered you in such a way. Somebody only need 100 naira and you can afford it. Some of you only need a thousand or five hundred. Some of you need ten thousand. Offer to the poor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's not number what? Five. Number six. Give to orphans and widows. Orphans and widows. Those that don't have fathers anymore, mothers anymore. Because now, nobody, because an orphan is somebody that is less than 18 years old. So you cannot come and say, I'm 25. I'm an orphan. <laughs> Overgrown orphan. 
Even based on even, even based on UNICEF, UNICEF only agrees that you are an orphan if you are less than 18 years old. They, they categorize you as an orphan and they will help you and fund you. But once you pass 18, you are an adult. Adult, be responsible for your life. Are you following? So if you're more than 18 years old, stop saying I'm an orphan. You're no longer an orphan. Now, you be, be, because at 18 years old, you should be ready to become a father. So now you're supposed to be a father or a mother to somebody. I know. So if you find children who don't have parents, right, and you have the capacity to help them, help them. Are you seeing that? This is the reason why you need to have plenty of money. Are you seeing why? Because how can you give to widows, give to orphans if you don't have money? You see that, right? So you give to orphans and also give to widows. Because most times, men always take responsibility of finances in their home. And when the woman, maybe she never um, had so, maybe capacity to work or something like that, if the Bible even lets us know that any woman that is less than um, um, 60 year old, right? The Bible says we should not even help you as a widow. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, if you have a problem, go and marry. That's what the Bible says. The Bible. The Bible says, if you are less than 60, go and remarry. You are not, you are not a widow. So we consider you a widow if you are over 60. Because over 60 means that you can no longer walk again, whether in civil service or anywhere. Are you seeing that? This is what the Bible says. So then we can help you. So somebody in the church can help you. The church can also help you as well, as well as they are led to do that. So if you're a widow, if you are helping a widow, I'm trying to tell you something. So some of you, eh, before you start, your, somebody somewhere will call you asking for useless money. Somebody has two hands, two legs, he has brain, he's fine. He doesn't want to work, but he wants to be collecting money. Don't give to the person. Don't give to the person. Don't give them money. So these are the ways to give. Are you seeing that? Then the, or the last one, the number what now? Number seven now. The other way to give is as you are led to give. Sometimes it can be seed. Are you seeing that? Sometimes you can see somebody and just give them your suits. Right? You are led to do it. 